Hello and welcome. My name is John Michael Collins. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. The music you just heard is fun, upbeat, and kind of depicts me. It was provided by my friends Marino and Noah Correa, who are part of a company called Cinema Sonic. Head over to their website down in the description to find out how you could get quality audio and visual works for your next project. I played tennis today. It was nice. I can actually let go of the fact that I didn't win. Until game four, I had won zero sets. You know, you you win some, you lose some. I think it's a really good thing to be able to confidently accept defeat. And someone told me the other day, failure is just an opportunity to learn and do better. When you do something to be better than someone, for the sake of being better than them, you are robbing yourself of, like, a million things in the world. I drank a red eye this morning. Some people call it a shot in the dark. Some people call it a red eye. I specifically asked for 12 ounces of drip coffee plus a pole of espresso. So technically, if the cup is 12 ounces, it would have ran over. I mean, you have two separate volumes that you're adding into the cup. I don't know technically how much a pole is. But I'm just going to let that one go. I'm going to let go of the technicality and just be okay with it. But tennis, it was cool. Gosh, I was running so much. (laughs) Interesting. I started with tennis, then I went to the red eye, then I went back to tennis. It's like I'm volleying things I'm talking about right now, which volleying is like in tennis when you hit something back, you hit the ball back and forth. It's currently, oh my gosh, 10.30 p.m., But I know if I try to go to bed, it's going to be very, very difficult since I had that caffeine this morning. And I'm going to let go of the amount of caffeine that I actually consumed. I know it's a lot. I'm trying to find, you know, a couple things outside of my phone to help me burn some mental energy. Why not talk, you know? By the way, if you were wondering, I feel a lot better than I do last week about recording and talking and procrastination, which has been really good. Your listening has been motivating to me, so thank you. And myself, because I'm listening as well. Speaking of, if you are just joining, this podcast is a personal and therapeutic tool I call a vocal diary. It's a space for me to process thoughts, explore stories, and post them for those who might be interested hopefully inspiring someone. I'm not doing this for any type of social gain or to be a better human. Episodes 1 and 2 talk about who I am, so if you don't listen to any other episodes, please listen to those at least if you're more interested, because those are just like a baseline of who I am. A quick disclosure that going on tangents may or may not be involved. This show is conversationally true to how I speak. Yeah. To win, I can't stop thinking. It's like, right now. Wow. This kind of goes with the last topic in the last episode I talked about, which was, to win sleep is little. When you have thoughts racing a million miles an hour in your head, I don't even want to begin to deconstruct what a thought is. (laughs) Because that's just so confusing. I know what electrical signals are, and those happen in our brain. I feel like whenever I think of a brain, I think of like different compartments and different things happen in different parts of it. And it's two separate 
mushy things working together, specifically the anatomy of a brain. I feel like I've, like in school one time, we may have had a an actual like animal brain. Ugh. But lots and lots of thoughts. It's a skill to be able to sort through them. I'm not perfect at it. When I try to sort through them, or I invite someone else into the chaos of my thoughts racing fast, I sometimes get in trouble. I have this problem. Maybe it's not a problem. Maybe it's great. But I know it has pushed people away. And that I regurgitate my thoughts onto a lot of people. Take this podcast, for example. I'm regurgitating thoughts onto, really onto myself. So in a way, it's like I'm getting a taste of my own medicine. There are times I feel super, super guilty and ashamed for putting people through (laughs) listening to me, like treating it like a task, like a chore. But at the same time, every interaction with someone is, is it like that? Sure, let's let's go with it. It's like a test to see if whether or not they'll stick around. If they're not, if they don't stick around, they weren't meant to stick around. But thinking a lot, it can be good and it can be bad. You can get caught up in things. Okay, it can be good because you can sort through things that are important. Why do we sort through things? Because when your living space gets messy, why do you organize it? Do you need to? Yeah, if it smells bad, you should definitely do something about it because you don't need mold growing in a Tupperware container, which that wasn't my doing, by the way. That was one of my previous roommates. My Tupperware, and they forgot that they had food in it in their room. Anyway. (laughs) See, like, that's a thought that just completely distracts you. It sidetracks you. Sometimes you question if you're still recording. Like, that's a good thought. That's a good thought. What if you recorded yourself talking for 10 hours straight, or you wanted to do that, but you actually didn't hit record? That would be a very big bummer, right? Or is it just only me who thinks that would be a bummer? (laughs) So try to pace yourself. If you're like me, and you have lots and lots of thoughts all the time, if you're a person of faith in Jesus, you could pray, Lord, help me to think about the things that I need to do, things that are important for me to do. And would you help me to discern, would you help me to understand the things that are distractions, things that I don't really need to do? Would you help me prioritize certain things? And if you're not of any type of faith, just take that application. Be like, I'm going to try to do my best to only focus on things that are important for me to do. It's you that's in this river of your life. (coughs) To when I flew in a helicopter. Oh gosh, this was, this is when I had my stroke. March 19th of 1997 almost a month before my fourth birthday. I believe the story is that one of my sisters drew a helicopter before I had my stroke, or she drew 
She drew the helicopter because I had my stroke and I was in it. I'll ask her. That's really the story is when I had my stroke. Oh my gosh, it was before I had my stroke. So that's interesting. Um, I will, I don't know if I've talked about my stroke. So, you know what, I'll just tell you about it. So I'll read you snippets from a document. My mom woke up around 3 a.m. She went down to get a peanut butter and toast, came up and said, Michael's not breathing. Dad rolled over. I'm not reading word for word. I'm paraphrasing. She turned on the lights, said, no, he's not breathing. Dad said, called 911. I was blue, tongue hanging out, looking dead. My dad was on his hands and knees doing mouth-to-mouth, giving me CPR. The police department and the ambulance came. They loaded me up and took me to the hospital. I was then intubated, which intubated means insert a tube into a person or a body part, especially the trachea, for ventilation. A helicopter was called, and I went to... Children's Hospital in Denver, Colorado. My sisters stayed with a babysitter. Mom and Dad get to my ICU bed, and it was empty. I was getting a CT scan, and shortly thereafter, my parents were told some bad news. My dad said, No kidding, my son is intubated on a vent, which is obviously bad news. He told them that my brain was dead. My parents asked for the pastor. They put everything in God's hands. Shortly thereafter, the neurologist came and said, I have some bad news. (laughs) Dad said, no kidding, my son is intubated on a vent. He is brain dead. The neurologist said, (laughs) who the hell told you that? He has an infarct at the base of the brain and needs emergency surgery. I said, great, where do I sign, said Dad. And then off I was to the operating room. (sighs) Pretty smooth recovery. (laughs) Puffed up like the Pillsbury Doughboy on steroids. Home after two weeks. And that was it. Dad said, the big question, was he really brain dead? And God brought him back when he saw our faith? Or did the anesthesiologist just misunderstand the verbal report from the radiologist? Only God truly knows what happened. (laughs) My sister said she drew the helicopter from a how-to book at school because I told her I wanted to ride in one. Everybody who's listening right now, just because I have a crazy story doesn't mean you don't. You also have a crazy story. You were given life. You were made from dust. I was made from dust. 
And there is a God who loves you so, so much. He loves you so much that he died for you. He was nailed to a cross, and he defeated death three days later. And in believing in that story, letting go of everything you ever want and following him, there's nothing better than this. I could say I'm sorry for crying, but (laughs) I'm not going to. Simultaneously, my grandmother, living in Iowa, drove out to Colorado in the middle of the night and saw a comet pointed toward Colorado. I'm not saying this in any way to boast. I'm saying this because miracles are possible. And to her, that was God's way of saying that I would be okay. The creator of the universe. Thank you if you're still listening to this episode and you haven't tuned out. If you have, I mean, I can't say anything because you're not listening. (laughs) It's so easy for us to dismiss beautiful things beautiful stories. We get so caught up in our day. There's so many thoughts running through our head, our minds, our puny little tiny minds that are so complex that have endless amounts of things going on inside of them. I don't remember for a single second being in that helicopter. So if you were to ask me what it's like to ride in a helicopter, I'd say I don't know, but I want to. Not the rotten one. God is good. His name is Yahweh. Jehovah. His son's name is Jesus. Yeshua. And his spirit dwells in all those who trust him with everything. His spirit often has spoken to you in your own personal life, and you may have not even noticed it, but during your time listening to this... when I learned of airfoils, an airfoil, an airfoil is what gives a plane or helicopter the ability to fly off the ground. There are four forces that act upon, I feel like more people are familiar with an airplane, so we'll go with an airplane wing. An airplane wing is a lot more than just a long piece of metal or composite. You have four forces that are acting on it. You have gravity, which is the weight of the wing, the weight of the plane. You have thrust, which is the engine of the plane propelling it, pushing it forward. And then as it moves forward, you have air that travels over the wing. When the plane is going a certain speed, the air actually lifts the plane off the ground. Gravity is still acting upon it, so as long as the plane is still moving forward, it's going to stay in the air. And the last force you have is drag. Say you have a piece of metal that's sticking up on the plane, on the wing. It's like a brake. It is slowing the plane down. The goal is how can we make this... I'm not an aerospace engineer, but... How do we make this plane so efficient that we can sail it through the sky? Whether it be at the cheapest cost, the most fuel-efficient way, the safest way, 
When you have a plane traveling at 500 miles per hour, or roughly 800 kilometers per hour, there's a lot of things that could go wrong, as I'm sure you've seen. So it's so, so, so important to know how to build an airplane, to build an airfoil, to securely build the wing. Having worked at Boeing and just getting basically a taste of what it's like to work on an airplane. I loved airplanes when I was growing up, when I was little. Like, this giant dinosaur is in the air. And, like, you can be inside of that giant dinosaur and drink coffee. (laughs) And eat a cookie. That's pretty cool. But when you get older, your brain starts losing. It doesn't start losing your inner child's imagination. It just starts covering it up with a bunch of stuff. I would highly encourage you, if you don't already, to think about how things work. Probably not everyone cares about how things work, but it's a really cool thing to do. I don't know who I would be if I didn't like to think how things work. When I would get off of work, there was this giant plane engine. I'll post a link to a picture of it in this episode's description. I stood next to it, and to imagine this thing can make an airplane fly is just insane. This thing that weighs probably, you know, a couple elephants. To see something so big, and to realize I'm so small. It'd be cool to be an astronaut, too. (laughs) It's cool to see pictures of space. But every time you see a picture, every time you take a picture, you're like, This doesn't do justice. This picture doesn't explain exactly what I'm seeing because there's something that I'm experiencing that the camera cannot show, cannot display. And that's that feeling of awe or transcendence. Like the time I was in Taiwan and I looked up at the stars, I was just like, oh my goodness. I am so small compared to the universe. What, what? But anyway, transcendence. Existence or experience beyond the normal or physical level. So it's just this sense, this feeling that's like, it's inexplainable. It's like, wow, it's not something you normally feel. How can I experience that right now? Imagine all the bones in your body. How many bones you have all the muscle, the tendons, the skin, your blood, all the fluids that we have, our organs, how everything is put together just in such a, almost like an orchestrated way. (sighs) That's pretty cool. I really, 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 really want to thank you from the deepest part of my heart for tuning in to this episode. If you liked it, please share it with your family and friends and anybody and everyone you know. Also, if you don't mind, head over to my website, which is my creative portfolio, (laughs) johnmichaelcollins.com. Thanks for listening. 